who else feels like they are crumbling under the weight of hashtag adulting? Have you heard of adulting? It's that thing you do when you're all grown up and you have to take on all these different responsibilities, right? You have to look after yourself. You have to look after your finances. You have to look after your life. And if you're a parent, then you have to look after other people as well. And... <laughs> Let's just say I think I'm not alone in feeling like maybe I wasn't completely prepared for this adulting burden, right? Like maybe I didn't completely and fully understand what it takes to be an adult in the world. So let me know if you felt that way ever before, and especially now when it feels like our burden of responsibility has somehow increased. There are, um, I mean, maybe for you, you felt this beforehand, maybe you faced many different challenges on your journey beforehand, but somehow even on the global level, it feels like right now everybody's, um, the stakes get higher, the intensity is globally high, the decisions that we have to make seem to be rather extreme and intense and confusing. Um, and also, all of the figures of authority and experts that we look up to can sometimes leave, leave us a little bit more confused um, or feeling like ultimately it's down to us. Ultimately, each of us has to make this um, list of decisions, this whole uh, kind of lengthy, uh, never-ending, right, uh, choice, <laughs> choice labyrinth that we have to go through as grown-ups in this world. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. So today I want to talk about what it means to adult and what it means to grow up and why there's actually a big difference between the two and how we, especially as parents, actually really need to do this as unsexy as it might sound. I know I just want to hold space for a second. I know that you, like me, would just like to go and curl up in a ball <laughs> and Netflix and chill and have, you know, I don't know, hot chocolate fed to us through a straw <laughs> for the rest of our existence and kind of um, hibernate ourselves away from the world and not have to face all the things we have to face, right? It's that procrastination um, bug that many of us are infected with that we don't want to face all of the responsibilities that we have to face right now. We want to hide away from them. Makes total sense. But let's talk today about why this matters so much and what we can do about it to make it a little bit easier for ourselves. If you're listening to this session as it drops, then I've got some great news for you and a very warm invitation. I'm going to be holding a live and free workshop this Wednesday, September the 30th, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. What we're going to be talking about? <laughs> Mindset, of course. I know you're probably facing a ton of challenges right now. A short list of the types of obstacles and struggles that my clients have been sharing with me runs through things like loss of income, loss of business, struggles in their marriage, in their sexuality, in their connection and friendship with their partner, extreme overwhelm with parenting without any help, with isolation, with a lot of stress going on, complete frazzlement in the face of taking care of just housework and day-to-day -day needs of all the people who live in your home, a lot of isolation and loneliness, of course, and virtual school, <laughs> need I say more? Plus, of course, all of the anxieties and stress that are flying around in the air right now around COVID, around politics, around the economy, around health, around all the different things you can name. So if you feel like you're going a little bit insane and you're stuck in a loop of sleepless nights and endless stress and anxiety, please join me on Wednesday. It's called the Unstuck Workshop. It is all about becoming unstuck. I'm gonna share five scripts you need to flip right now to stop going insane. You wanna stop yourself going insane before it happens. I know we're all feeling a little insane right now. 
And so I want to help us out to really take a pause. It's going to be free. I will absolutely share with you more about my Alchemize course inside of that webinar as well. However, this is not just one long sales pitch. I really want to make it valuable for you. I'm going to give you some very practical tools and there might be even more than five scripts that you need to flip. I'm going to uh, really try to uh, layer on the tools for you and make it as practical and applicable as possible so that even today, you know, on the day that you hear this, on the day of the webinar, um, or on Wednesday, <laughs> you will already be feeling a lot lighter, like a burden has been lifted from your shoulders and like you feel equipped and capable to face the challenges that I know you're probably facing. All right, so meet me there on Wednesday to register. Again, it's free. You just go to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash unstuck, U-N-S-T-U-C-K. It's on September 30th at 11 Eastern, and we will certainly try to offer a replay, but to get the replay, you need to first register. So go over to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash unstuck. Let's get back to the show. So let's talk about adulting. Now, I would love to hear from you how you would define adulting. What does it mean to be an adult from your perspective? I was thinking about this a little bit this morning and one of the things um, that I came up with was it seems to be that when people talk about adulting, they're talking mainly about three um, primary areas. It often lands on number one, financial order, being in financial order, like paying off debts, paying bills on time, having a job, being able to support yourself, right? Not living uh, off of someone else or in our parents' basement. So that kind of thing seems to be one of these, um, you know, overarching definitions of being an adult, right? So number one was financial order. Then I also thought of physical order, not so much that we are necessarily healthy per se, but that we take care of ourselves, right? Take care of basic uh, hygiene, take care of our bodies, you know, take care of dressing ourselves, looking after ourselves and looking after our surroundings, like making our bed, having our house in somewhat semblance of order, not having laundry that just doesn't get done and, and we just can't take care of ourselves, right? This kind of conjures up that young adult in college or whatever who can't get their selves together to even have clean clothes um, every week, right? And we feel like, oh, they, they don't know how to adult yet, right? So just kind of taking care of our surroundings, not having a massive amount of mess. We all have messy homes, right? We all have messy homes, especially when raising kids, but just not that, not that overwhelming a mess. So I would call that maybe getting in physical order. And then I think also um, in time management seems to be a tenant of adulting, right? Being able to manage our time, being able to meet deadlines, not procrastinating indefinitely, not playing video games all day when you have work to do, um, being able to get places somewhat on time which is a challenge for me, right? But basically uh, not being someone that you know, just sleeps through things or forgets about uh, appointments uh, repetitively and recurringly and all of the time, right? So I guess you could kind of sum this up as the idea that adults have their life in order, right? If you look in from the outside, you see that they have their life in order, their bodies, their time, their space is pretty much in order, right? Um, they, they are self-sufficient, they exist they can support themselves, um, you know, to, to an extent that they're, they're pretty much in order. However, and here's where I really am driving with this, is that we all know people who are legal adults who even have their lives in order, okay? They have a job, they manage their time pretty well, they take care of themselves okay, and yet they are so childish and immature. Do you know someone like that? I mean, sometimes it's someone who's really much older, someone who's already raised their children, for example, someone who's in their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s and 60s and 70s, um, and we see them and we know that they are adults, of course, and we also see that they have their life in order, but somehow they don't have themselves in order. They are an emotional wreck or a mess or they behave in very immature childish ways. Like do you know any adults who are very manipulative, who have tantrums 
right? Who have big tantrums when things don't go their way, who can't handle disappointments, who can't handle challenges, um, who can't uh, regulate themselves. They're basically immature. Um, they can't manage their lives, not in terms of the adulting that I was talking about, not in terms of all those kind of boxes to tick to get themselves in order, but their very selves are in turmoil the whole time. They need a lot of attention. They need a lot of praise. They have a lot of difficulty with any kind of criticism or disagreement, right? People who aren't actually mature in the way that they show up to relationships, in the way that they show up to conversations, in the way that they interact. Do you know anyone like this? Yes. Okay. A lot of people are saying they do know someone like this and you probably know someone like this even within your own family, right? Even within your own family, um, it's going to be something that most of us have come across. And I have to say this, and this is going to sound so cruel, but I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it in a cruel way. I genuinely feel like there is almost nothing sadder in a way, or kind of, it's kind of like a tragic figure. If you think of Shakespearean plays, or if you think of, you know, com comedy, where someone is just someone that's easy to laugh at, or someone that um, is uninspiring to the nines, it's often an adult child, right? It's often someone who is physically an adult, but behaves like a child. They still have their tantrums and outbursts. They still uh, think that the world surrounds around them, right? And these are often things that are very natural and healthy in childhood, like, you know, healthy narcissism in childhood, really looks a lot like narcissism. Like uh, two-year-olds tend to think that it's that everything belongs to them, um, that everything sur is surrounded by them. They have a lot of difficulty understanding that there are other people's needs or other people's concerns or that they have to sometimes wait. They have difficulty uh, regulating themselves and their emotions and reacting maturely. They have difficulty with delayed gratification, right? Waiting for what they want. That's all stuff that is normal for a two, three, four-year-old, five-year-old, and even for a 15 or 16-year-old in some ways, right? Because the brain undergoes massive reconstruction in teenagehood, and teenagers often actually experience life very similar to a toddler. However, when you see that behavior in a 30, 40, etc. year-old, in someone who is physically mature, um, whose brain is theoretically supposed to be mature and fully developed, whose body is certainly developed, and who even has things like maybe a high-powered job, right? Or maybe, um, you know, maybe they're super fit at the gym, or maybe they are really amazing at their time management and their productivity, right? So they, they, they seem like they're such adults, right? They are rocking it. They are performing at high levels. Maybe they get high grades or an amazing degree or all sorts of accolades, or they drive the fancy car, or they're always dressed to perfection. So these people are adulting completely, right? But they're not grown-ups. They haven't grown up. So here's the differentiation that I'd like to make here is that adults have their life in order, but grown-ups have themselves in order. So with adulting, we spoke about financial order, physical order, time management. What about growing up? What does that entail? So I would say growing up entails emotional order, psychological order, and even spiritual order. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So first of all, grown-ups have their emotional life in order. That means that for the most part, okay, we all sink into inner child from time to time, we all get triggered. But for the most part, they are able to self-regulate. And that is honestly the hallmark of maturity. The hallmark of maturity is being able to self-regulate in the face of something triggering, right? Someone does something we don't like, someone says something we don't like, we're at our wits end, and we're able, nonetheless, to uh, manage our emotions and keep them in check and not say and do things that are considered unacceptable in our adult society, right? 
not say and do things that we will be ashamed of, not say and do things that really are more appropriate for a two-year-old or a five-year-old or even a 16-year-old. So that's the first thing, is that you can see someone who is an adult who has their life totally in order, but their emotional life is not in order and they are unable to self-regulate. That means they're the people who will have road rage, they're the people who will curse uh, uncontrollably about something, you know, silly. They're the people who will cry um, about something someone said at work, right? And this is you and me. I, I, I totally <laughs> consider myself someone who's still very much on the journey of growing up. I'm not there yet, okay? I'm not a grown-up yet, right? It might be a lifelong journey, but at least let's all be aware of what the journey is and of what we're trying to accomplish. So having ourselves our emotional life in order means that we're able to self-regulate. It means that we are we have some semblance of control over our emotional state. And if you stick with me just a little bit, I'm going to say how we get that control. How do we self-regulate? How do we grow up? I'm going to tell you what I've discovered uh, for my life. So that's number one, emotional life in order. Number two is our psychological life in order. Now, this is not a commentary on all sorts of mental health issues, okay? I myself uh, am a recoverer from PTSD. I fully understand that anxiety disorders and depression and all of that stuff is real. It needs to be treated. It often needs to be clinically treated. Maybe it needs to be medically treated. That is not my area of expertise. I'm not qualified to, to elaborate on that. But I'm going to talk about a situation where it's not a mental health diagnosis per se. Okay, it's not necessarily something that warrants therapy or clinical intervention. However, it is something that warrants work right? It is something that we need to notice, right? It's kind of like the difference, uh, if you allow me a short tangent, it's kind of like the difference between someone who uh, needs to get in shape, right? Versus someone who needs surgery, right? Some people need surgery. They need to go to surgery. It's got nothing to do with going to the gym. But all of us need to be in shape, right? All of us need to be healthy, uh, you know, be strong, etc. right? So, some people certainly need the clinical stuff, and I'm going to put that to one side for a moment. This isn't a commentary on that. All of us, all of us need the mental fitness stuff. Okay, all of us need to be mentally healthy, psychologically healthy. So what that means is that many of us are living with this kind of low-grade anxiety, um, you know, repetitive fears, worries, concerns, all sorts of tyrannical thoughts that go through our mind on loop and we don't address it. This is not normal. Well, it's normal, but it shouldn't be normalized. It's not healthy. It's not okay, right? It's kind of like someone sitting there stuffing their face with cookies 24-7 and being like, well, that's just how I am. No, it's not just how you are. You don't have to do that to yourself. It's a kind of form of self-abuse. If you're sitting there giving yourself thoughts the whole day, like, this is never going to work out, and I'm not good enough, and why is everyone against me, and oh my gosh, what if this happens, and what if that happens, and what if the other happens, and why did she say that thing, and recurring um, anxious patterns of repetitive thoughts about everything that could go wrong, about everything that has gone wrong about all the ways the world wrongs us, about all the fears, anxieties, concerns, guilt, hello, <laughs> right, that we have, oh, I messed this up, or I'm messing that up, or this is never going to, to work, or people always do that, or why is he such a jerk, or why does he always have to do this to me, or why is she always uh, behaving that way, etc., etc. Those types of thoughts, and I would love to hear what yours are, right, but those types of repetitive thoughts are basically a signal that our psychological life is not in order. We need to manage and not just cope with, but really manage and really transform our psychological patterns, our cognitive patterns, the way that we think all day into a mature pattern of thought. This is hard to talk about because it seems, it seems invisible. Well, it is invisible in the sense that it's going on in the privacy of our minds. However, it is highly visible. When, you're, when, you, when your eyes are opened to this fact, 
you walk around and you see people and it looks like people are just stuffing their face with Hershey chocolates all day and not noticing. You can see that it's not who they are. It's not their personality. It's not something that they have chosen or believe in. And it's not healthy behavior. And yet they're enacting it uh, involuntarily which means that they don't realize that they are doing this. It's become habituated from an early age. It feels like it's beyond their control. It's all of us. This is me. This is you. This is everybody on this call absolutely has this situation where our psychology is not in order. Our cognitive patterns have not been addressed, right? Our, our cognitive patterns have not been intentionally and deliberately shaped to serve us. And that means we're not grown-ups. Okay, that means we are immature. We are thinking about things in babyish, childish ways. Okay, not childlike, not, not inspired and playful, childish, immature, right? Not as someone who is mature would think about this reality or this situation, okay? So that's the second thing that grown-ups have in order. They have their emotional life in order, they have their psychological life in order. And then they also have their spiritual life in order. And I don't mean spiritual necessarily religiously, okay? But here's what I mean. When kids are kids and then teenagers, they are self-absorbed. They are constantly focused on getting theirs, right? How do I get mine? How do I get my needs met? I want more. I want the pizza. I want the ice cream. I want the iPhone. I want the Nike shoes, whatever, right? They are focused on themselves, not just in terms of the physical stuff that they want to get, but also in terms of their, <laughs> their spiritual existence or their emotional and cognitive existence. Here's what I mean. Immature people, literally young people, are obsessed with themselves in a navel-gazing kind of self, self, uh, you know, just get uh, busy work, right? Self-busy work. Did I say the wrong thing? Did I do the wrong thing? What does everyone think of me? What What did they think of me? Um, did, did that? Will I look stupid? Will I sound stupid? Um, will they judge me? Will they laugh at me? Will they include me? They're constantly considering other people's judgments of them, other people's um, expectations of them how they appear to other people, right? And now this might be you and me as well. We might be constantly thinking, how are people going to judge us? How are people going to perceive this? How are people going to understand this? What will people say about me? What will people think about me? That is a sign of immature thinking, okay? There's nothing wrong with it. You don't need to feel ashamed of it, but it's immature in, in the sense that it hasn't grown up. Okay, because when we're obsessed with our self, with our self-concept, and with how other people are going to perceive us, that is akin to being stuck at maybe a teenager age level of maturity. To get our spiritual life in order, okay, we need to have something that's beyond ourselves. That's in, in a way the definition of spirituality is a, 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 a preoccupation or a concern with something beyond ourselves, okay? This could be something certainly religious or spiritual, but it could also be something in terms of your mission, a larger goal that you have in your life, a vision that you're driven towards. Basically, the feeling that there is meaning to your life, you were put here to do something, and you're going to make uh, your life a, con a contribution somehow, meaningful somehow. And I don't just mean charitable work. That could be one of it, right? But it could be something that you're building, a, a, a family that you're building, a reality that you're building, relationships that you're crafting. Um, but basically, who you are and growing into the highest version of yourself, the full expression of yourself, right? Pushing towards that potential of who you are, who you could be. Okay, that is having our spiritual life in order, is understanding that what we look like, what people think of us, all of that is much less interesting 
and much we don't have time for it when we're grown-ups right when you're a grown-up you don't have time to worry very much about all the things that other people have to say all the things that other people are doing because you're in your lane you're mission driven you know that life is short you know that death comes for us all and you know that you have to make the most out of it through some type of service through some type of mission okay through some type of driving towards a vision that is mature and if you've ever met or heard a teenager who is not so fascinated and so obsessed with what they look like and what they sound like and being cool but they have something that they care about they have something that they're trying to learn or build or contribute or create you're like wow that kid is so mature right that's why because it's a hallmark of maturity to have something that you're driving towards that is bigger than yourself that is outside of yourself okay so grown-ups my friends grown-ups real grown-ups and most of us may have never met a grown-up in our lives I, I, I say that without any sarcasm or judgment. We literally may never have met a grown-up in our life. We've met plenty of adults, okay? Adults are everywhere. <laughs> adults are everywhere and that's great. That's a great first step. But how many grown-ups do you know? People who have their emotional life in order, their cognitive and psychological life in order, and their spiritual life in order. When you meet someone like that, okay, and maybe you read books by people like that or follow podcasts of people like that, like maybe it's not in real life. When you meet someone like that, you are inspired, okay? You are inspired by someone who seems to live a little bit above the noise, right? Someone who lives beyond the mess, right? The mess and the intrigues and the awkwardness and the judgments and the gossip and all of the loud, loud noise that we're all on as adults, right? Because really as adults, we're just overgrown children. We're just children with driver's licenses and bank accounts, okay? That's really all we are. To be an adult, all that needs to happen is for you to you know, turn 18 or turn 21 or whatever the law where you live is, right? That's all happened. You become an adult automatically. Nothing makes you grown up unless you grow yourself up, unless you decide that you're taking it to the next level. And there is nothing more depressing and ugly than a grown man or a grown woman who acts like a small child right? It's, we, we don't like it. We're not inspired by it. We're bummed out when we meet those people because we feel like, grow up! You're an adult now, right? So that's something that I want you to really start to pay attention to within yourself because I think that it is the key to being the parents that we want to be, the partners that we want to be, and frankly, just the people that we want to be, right? The key to finding the meaning in our lives is to grow ourselves up, to understand who we are, to understand how we take some control over who we are, some control over our emotional um, turmoil, and some control over our cognitive patterns that lead us towards our mission, our, our spiritual uh, larger goal in life. Basically, who we want to be, how we're going to create meaning, how we're going to make the most of this life, okay? There is a profound difference between an adult and a grown-up. I mean, as I'm defining it, right? The dictionary isn't going to define it this way, but just the way I see it, right? As I've said, you automatically become an adult. And adulting takes work, okay? I'm not going to dismiss that. It takes a lot of work. It is not easy to get your finances in order, to get your physical life in order, to, to manage your time. Those things aren't easy, right? But guys, that's just the beginning, okay? So how, you might be asking, how do we get these grown-up, you know, hallmarks? How do we reach emotional maturity? cognitive maturity, spiritual maturity. How do we do that? And, and the truth is there's somewhat, there's a somewhat kind of circular, um, situation here where once you get your grown up 
aspects in order, right? Your emotional life, your psychological life, and your spiritual life in order, it will certainly serve you in also getting the adult aspects of your life in order, right? Your financial, physical, and time management. So of course they are intertwined and interconnected and we must do them both at once. But look around you and you'll see that adults are absolutely everywhere and grown-ups are very, very rare to find. So what differentiates an adult from a grown-up? The differentiation, that, as far as I can tell, is, and it's hidden in the word grown up, right, is growth, okay, is actual growth. We are in systems in our culture where we are pushed along a certain line of growth, for better or worse, like it or hate it, um, through the school system, right? We're expected to grow in our babyhood and develop in our toddlerhood and people are monitoring that and checking on that and caring about that and advancing that all the way through to, say, graduating high school, getting a driver's license, maybe graduating college, right? That is the trajectory that society leads us along, uh, you know, for better or worse, in order to become an adult, but from there, folks, it is entirely up to us if we're going to continue the trajectory of growth to become a grown-up as well. And that takes genuine, deliberate, intentional effort, right? We can't just stay stuck with the emotional maturity of a teenager. We can't stay stuck if we're whining, if we're perpetually grumpy, if we're still gossiping, if we're still procrastinating, if we're still doing all sorts of things, if we're still stuck in anxious loops, if we're still self-obsessed, if we're still having these high levels of narcissism that isn't healthy narcissism, if we're still getting into, I don't know what my life is about, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know why I'm here, what's the point of it all, <laughs> what, is, what meaning do I even have, if we're feeling nihilistic, right, if we're feeling like there's, there's no meaning to it, that is all, those are all signals that we need to grow ourselves up, we need to continue our trajectory of growth, not just get stuck there, great, you have the job, you have the car, you have the kids, you have the partner, fine, that's all great, now, now it's time for us to grow up, so how do we grow up? So it will come as no surprise to those of you who, who follow my work a little bit and know me a little bit, is that I believe uh, very much that the key to growing up is mindset work, right? I've said before, mindset is everything, but mindset work is basically actually reprogramming our minds, right? This is the mental fitness piece, okay? Emotional fitness, mental fitness, spiritual fitness, where we begin to work on how we show up to life, not what we do, not who we do it with, not when we do. That's all in the realm of adulting. The realm of growing up is how we do it, okay? How do we show up? What energy do we bring? What type of vibe do we emulate, right? How do we wake up in the morning? How do we communicate with others? How do we think about things in the privacy of our own mind? How do we choose to feel about things? So, Let's talk about getting our emotional life in order, okay? Our self-regulation, right? The hallmark of maturity, right? This is how we grow up in terms of not being raging lunatics, right? Not being completely escapist. If we're constantly escaping to, um, to shopping or to... Um, or to alcohol, or to sugar, right, then that is a hallmark that we need to mature in that realm, right? Now, if it's extreme, it might need clinical help as well. Um, but, but if not, it would be very much something that each of us can do in order to grow up, is to start to learn to self-regulate, right? To start to get our emotional life in order. And that means taking responsibility for our feelings, not just saying, well, I'm just an emotional person. Well, I just react strongly to hormonal fluctuations. Well, I just feel this way. I feel it, therefore it's true, right? But to start to take responsibility for how we feel, right? To start to actually make choices about how we're going to react and start practicing just like one would practice going to the gym. It's not easy, it's hard, but it gets results, right? 
Now, linked to that is getting our psychological life in order, right? We need to manage our anxieties and fears. Guys, this is actually a responsibility that we have if we want to grow up. We actually must manage our anxieties, our fears, and our guilt, okay? There is a kind of, this is again going to be really tough love, and it's going to sound cruel. I don't mean it that way at all. I mean it to serve you. I really say this because I love you, okay? But there is a kind of indulgence in our culture. There's an indulgence in guilt and an indulgence in anxiety, and this indulgence in the sense that it's okay, and it just makes sense, and it's just the way it goes to constantly feel hard done by and down and bitter and grumpy and guilty and bad for ourselves and bad for others and sorry, 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 and worried, 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 right? Especially as parents, it's a very, very powerful, um, there's a very powerful social endorsement of anxiety. Like, yeah, of course you should be worried. You should be worried. It's okay to constantly be worried. And I want to say, no, it's normal. It makes sense that those thoughts come up But part of our responsibility, part of our track to growing up is to manage and change those cognitive patterns to patterns that serve us better. It doesn't serve us very well to be constantly worried. It doesn't serve our children very well for us to be constantly worried. And therefore we have, there is an onus on us. There is really a a, a need, an urge for us to manage those anxieties and guilt and not to succumb to them and not to create a society that is constantly endorsing and encouraging and even feeding and, and, you know, sensationalizing anxiety and, right, And, and, and causing it to be reinforced and repeated all the time. The onus is on us to reduce the level of guilt and anxiety and and anger and frustration and rage and all of those feelings that can be incredibly corrosive, right? They have their place. There's positive aspects to them. We need to listen to them and learn from them. However, in our society, I think we're allowing them to take everything over and we're just giving up. Like, that's okay. I'm allowed to be anxious all the time because life is hard. No, no, that's a terrible way for you to live. That's a very unhealthy way for you to live. That's a very unhealthy way for your kids to live. No, we don't have to do that. It's not something we have to endorse. There is no prize at the end of the anxiety um, competition. There's no prize. There's just a grown-up, sorry, an adult who's bitter and immature. That's what there is, an adult who is disempowered and helpless and depressed. And frankly, not to make it too simplistic, but we see this. There's a rise in anxiety, depression, and even suicide because people, for many reasons, I'm not going to simplify it that much, right? For many, many reasons, but partially because there is a social endorsement of and encouragement of anxious patterns of thought rather than realizing that there is a choice to be made there and there are skills to be learned there and we can in fact manage them and adopt a healthier mindset. And I don't preach this from some ivory tower, okay? I have recovered from crippling PTSD myself. I had night terrors for five years, almost every night, severe insomnia and daytime hallucinations, okay? I am not for a second saying these things aren't real. What I am saying is we absolutely can and must overcome them. And it starts with just those little, those little anxious conversations that we're consistently endorsing and encouraging in each other. Like, oh, I'm so worried about this. I'm so worried about that. I'm so, it's fine. You can vent, you can share, and then you need to manage those, those uh, cognitive patterns and adopt better ones, adopt healthier ones. Okay. That is, that is a choice that we can make. And it is one of the most profound ways to, to improve your life, to improve your life. Take it from me. Honestly, I'm speaking from personal experience. When you bulletproof yourself from anxiety, your life opens up in front of you, okay? When you overcome anxious patterns of thought, when you rewire your brain, when you adopt better mindsets, it is like someone lifts a backpack with a ton of weights from your shoulders. Life is better. Life is fun. Life is enjoyable. It's still hard. It still has all of the challenges that life has but you haven't added to the suffering, right? You haven't added a a whole layer of unnecessary suffering to the inevitable pain. That's the difference. And how do we get our spiritual life in order? 
Well, it's time for us to move past our self-absorption, okay? Uh, there's a lot of navel-gazing going on. Me, I, my kids, our experience, etc. And when people are busy doing something important to them, when people are busy building something meaningful, okay, maybe building, I said, building your family, creating a home that you love, working towards your financial freedom, uh, donating something to others, creating a business that you're, uh, um, that you're passionate about, becoming the parent that you most want to be, becoming the partner that you most want to be, showing up as the friend, daughter, neighbor, whatever that you most want to be, right? Writing your book, writing your blog, contributing of your gifts to the world, whatever those gifts are, believe me, we need it. We need your gifts, okay? Your children need your gifts. The world needs your gifts. It is a, a self, an immature self-indulgence, excuse my harsh language, but it's an immature self-indulgence to stay small, to stay timid, to hide behind excuses like, who am I to write that thing? And who am I to speak up? And who am I to try and uh, enjoy my life? Who am I to try and create an amazing life to live? Who are you not to? Who are you not to? Who are you to waste precious years of life that you've been given? Precious opportunities that stand before you. And by the way, I am not talking merely about financial opportunities or about career development. It could be anything. This is personal to you. It really could be anything. Okay, it could be your fitness journey. It could be your parenting journey. It could be your interior design journey. I really don't care. It's whatever is meaningful to you. Okay, but who are you not to create meaning with this time, right? That nihilistic, helpless mindset is a mindset of the immature. It's a mindset of people who don't realize how precious life is, how fleeting it is, how little anyone cares what you sound like or look like, how little anyone is thinking of us at all, right? And I can speak again from experience because putting myself out on platforms, on YouTube, etc., etc., you know, I often have those immature thoughts like, oh, someone's going to comment on my hair or the way I look, or they're going to think I sound stupid, or they're going to criticize me, or who am I to say this, or I'm not a real expert, all of that stuff, right? But ultimately, I realize and I have to coach myself through that to grow up and to say, no one's perfect. No one cares that much what you look like, Avital. No one cares that much what you sound like. No one's very busy thinking about you at all because they're all thinking about their own lives. And if you have something to contribute that might help even one other person or even just yourself, then who are you not to do it? Go out and do it, right? And again, this isn't a call for you to publicly speak or to start a YouTube channel. It's a call for you not to hide behind your mission in life, for you not to stay stuck saying, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I never knew. I never really had a calling. I never really had a degree. No, you, you know what you're supposed to do with your life? You know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to show up to it. However that manifests for you, show up for it, right? You're supposed to show up for it. That's where the meaning comes. It's in the present moment. It's in listening to ourselves. It's in really getting in touch with who we are. And more importantly, who we want to be, who we could be right? That, that silly buzzword potential, but I'm going to have to use it here, cliched as it might sound, right? We all have a potential to live more fully in terms of being in integrity, right? In terms of living our truth, in terms of showing uh, up to our lives in a way that is meaningful to us. And guys, I've, I've been at the receiving end of criticism of people saying to me, you're not doing enough about this. You're not doing enough about that. You're so, you know, privileged because of this, or you can't speak because you don't know that. That's fine. I need to show up and do my work the best way I know how, which is going to be imperfect and flawed and certainly, you know, not, not any, not anything to write home about, but I got to show up because I've been given this one precious life. So I've got to do it for you. That might be your, your parenting. It might be right. It might be something much more private than this public platform. That's not where I'm pushing with this at all, but I am saying that we need to show up. Okay. No matter what other people are going to say, right. We need to show up and that's really getting our spiritual life in order. It's saying, Hey, you know what? I don't, there are no spare days. There are no spare days just because it's a pandemic or just because I got fired or just because life is tough right now or just because I'm pregnant or just because I'm PMSing or whatever it is. There are no spare days and I need to show up. And I don't mean I need to hustle and grind and work really hard. Maybe showing up right now is rest. 
Maybe rest is exactly what is necessary to show up. That's fine. But the, the difference is the consciousness, right? The difference is the awareness. The difference is not operating like a robot on default and just doing things out of a space of timidity and fear like a teenager would, right? The difference is that we consciously say, not, I'm never going to face the world, so I'm just not putting on an alarm clock and staying in my pajamas and yelling at ourselves all day, at each other all day. It's saying, I'm consciously deciding to take this day for rest. I'm consciously deciding to whatever, right? To, to invest in our meals today, to sit and enjoy this food, to be present in this moment. So the difference is not that we don't do all of those things. It might look the same from the outside. People from the outside might think it's exactly the same, but the spiritual reality on the inside is completely different because you feel yourself showing up. Showing up to the illness, showing up to the challenge, showing up to the downs, showing up to the highs, being there, right? Showing up with the energy and the vibration of the you that you want to be, of a grown-up, of someone who is present, of someone who is formed, of someone who is taking responsibility. So, okay, let's wrap all of this up, okay? I'll, I'll briefly... I'll briefly just recap that we said adults have their life in order. This is hard enough to get our finances, our physical life and our time management in order is hard enough. But we all know adults who are incredibly immature and childish. And that's because they don't have their emotional regulation in order, their psychological and cognitive patterns in order and their spiritual life in order. And in order to do that, we need to work on our mindset. And that's why I say mindset is everything. When you adopt these mindsets, such as no spare days, right? For example, then we begin to learn to self-regulate. We begin to learn to get our thinking pattern straight in a way that's really going to serve us and, and, and grow us. And we learn to be on a larger mission and look a little bit outside ourselves, not say stay stuck, stay small, stay timid, right? Look towards why are we doing these things, why they matter, right? Beyond ourselves, right? Why we're leave, leaving some kind of legacy, even if it's just an energetic le legacy, just in quotation marks, right? Even if it's an energetic legacy, like what will our grandchildren say about the type of person we were? Okay, not what we did, not the money we made, not the accolades we achieved, the type of person we were. My grandma is 97. I could speak here for three hours solid on the type of person she is. Okay, because she has given me so much in terms of her emotional, psychological, and spiritual legacy, right? Her presence, her energy, what she has embodied, how she has shown me how to be a grown-up is so profound and so expansive that it is a, a massive gift to me and a true legacy, so this isn't about what you do or accomplish, although those things are nice. This is about the energy that we show up with in the world. Okay, and I, my grandma has shown up with so many mindsets that I want, right? That I'm harvesting, that I'm inheriting, right? That I want to take, that I want to emulate, and I want to adopt. She's, you know, unbelievably optimistic and grateful and industrious and kind and creative and so many things I could just go on and on, right? So those are the types of things that I'm talking about, all right? Okay, so I hope that this has been of service. If you would like to go on a journey with me to grow up, and I fully include myself as a passenger on this bus, um, I might have organized the bus tour, but I am definitely not the driver, as it were, then I want to invite you to my brand new uh, course called Alchemize. Okay, if you want to check it out, you go to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash alchemize. And I want to take a moment to explain to you what you can expect in Alchemize, okay? And if you want to hang out for a couple minutes, I'll explain about that. And then I will move over to some uh, to answer some of the questions that have come up. So Alchemize was born because I have this passion for mindset and mindset coaching and I believe all of the things that I've just said here today with regards to the necessity of this and how absent it is from our grown-up lives. We don't, we aren't taught how to grow up. We're barely taught how to adult. And so I am trying to piece that together for myself. I've gone through on 
several personal journeys that have led me here and professional journeys that have helped me to create this. And what it basically is, is Alchemize is a course where you're going to learn three main modules, okay? You can join today, you'll get the intro series where you'll hear my personal story and some background to this. And then we'll start the three main modules. Module one is to become unvictimized. Okay, if you feel like life is happening to you, if you feel wronged, hard done by, like things aren't fair, you're not alone. All of us feel that way sometimes and it's justifiable, okay? Bad things might really be happening to you. Difficult challenges. And even if it's just the challenge of managing life at home with a toddler, that in and of itself is enough to make most of us feel victimized. So there will be zero judgment for that. What there will be, however, is really actionable mindset steps you can take to release that victim mindset and empower yourself. Because staying in victim mindset, feeling helpless, feeling hard done by, feeling like I can't because of all these different things that are happening to me is going to be a really painful way, you know, a path full of suffering for the rest of your life. It really is. And I know because I've been in victim mindset many times before, it doesn't lead to anywhere good. So module one is how we release ourselves from that and how we also raise children who are not in victim mindset, despite the very victimizing things that might be going on in our lives. Number two is we learn to be unshakable. Okay, if you think like you're, if you feel like you're a bit of a blade of grass in the wind, that you just get kind of shaken about the news, politics, um, the media, what your friend said, what a neighbor said, what my husband did, what my wife did, what my child did, PMS, hormonal fluctuations, financial ups and downs, the stock market, right? If you are if your emotional state is heavily impacted and shaken by everything that's going on, if, if you feel like you uh, take everything to heart, like your skin is thin, then this is where we're going to go into that in module number two, because we must strengthen our backbone. We must feel like healthy, capable adults and grown-ups who are able to operate in this world in a way that isn't so influenced and so affected by all the minutiae, big and small actually, of outside life, right? And then the third thing, the third module is to become unoffendable. And what does it mean to become unoffendable? Guys, this is such a powerful way to walk through life is of course, you're still going to get offended here and there. But the difference is you're going to choose who gets the right to offend you and what you do with those offensive comments or behaviors and how instead of just feeling like your feelings are hurt and us having our tantrums and having our meltdowns and feeling sorry for ourselves, we feel strong, we feel uh, curious, we feel uh, capable of handling judgments, interactions, uh, other people's comments, other people's looks and stares and all that stuff without feeling offended. Okay, that is number three. I could speak as someone who used to be terribly offended all of the time. Um, I was very, very, very sensitive. Again, it's like a weight has been lifted off, uh, off my shoulders because I can handle pretty much anything anyone says to me. You know, I might not like it. Maybe I'll cry. Maybe I'll get offended, but I can handle it. I know how to move on. I know how to relate to those things. I know how to answer them if necessary, you know, for the most part. Okay. That is what you get in the Alchemize course. Now there is also the Alchemize Plus experience where you upgrade and you get group coaching with me. Now this has been going on for the last three months. We've done the first round of Alchemize and it has been incredible. One of the reasons it's been so incredible is because I have been profoundly and pleasantly surprised by the level of connection that is possible to create online, right? We all meet in a Zoom room, our cameras are on, our mics are on, and it really almost feels, you know, second best thing to a physical circle with other people. But what's good about it is you don't even have to wear pants, you don't need a babysitter, you can do it in your bed, and you get to meet people from all over the world who are coming together to do mindset work, right? So this is actually a very uh, confronting and probing process. It's not just calm and kumbaya, okay? We're there to grow. We're there for some tough love 
uh, coaching. We're there to bring our issues. Hey, you know, my father said this, my mother-in-law did this. I'm worried about this. I hate it when people do that. I get really offended about this. I'm insecure about that, etc., etc., etc. We bring our real issues up and we um, coach you through them so that you can adopt mindsets that actually help you move beyond them and grow from them and grow up and heal, etc. It's been an incredible experience. We're doing it for another three months. It will walk you through the course. So you get a video in the course and then live coaching, which is recorded. You will be able to watch it later if you can't make it live. Uh, the group loved the coaching and that experience so much that we even started meeting up. They started meeting up outside of the group, right? Additional conversations to really uh, go through this, um, to really go through this uh, in connection with each other and uh, to feel seen and witnessed and heard. And look, guys, there's, 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 there's one pandemic going on, but there's also the pandemic of isolation, right? Uh, and that's not just now, that's even a year ago, right? Where people are feeling terribly isolated, terribly alone, terribly unseen. And it's very possible that you don't have even one friendship for real or one relationship in your circle who you can have these adult, grown-up, mature conversations with, uh, who you can really rely on to help you grow, to, to help challenge you, to help stretch you, to help you become the you that you want to become. And I think that that is just, just an amazing, you know, opportunity here. For me, it has been absolutely incredible, even on a, um, even on a personal level. Okay, so theparentingjunkie.com forward slash alchemize. I would absolutely love to welcome you in. Let's move over to some Q&A. Okay. Um, how many people are in those personalized programs typically? Great question. The group coaching is maxed out at 25 people. So it's all, and that typically we see less people show up um, in person. So it's very intimate. It's very personal. We know each other by name. We know each other's faces. We really do get to know each other. And the spots are completely limited to that number. Um, so, so there you go. Uh, so this is coaching for parents, not for our kids. Just clarifying. Correct. This is coaching for adults uh, who want to grow up, right? Um, this is coaching uh, with regards to mindset. It's mindset coaching, okay? It's mindset fitness. It's where we upgrade our mindset to upgrade ourselves and upgrade our lives. It's where we hack our thinking patterns in order to hack our feeling experiences and to feel better in the world. Okay, great. Isabel, how do you manage a relationship with a family member who is an adult but not a grown-up? That is a fantastic question. And that is actually something that we do address very often inside of Alchemize because that's often the confronting issue, is handling people who don't have good boundaries, who throw tantrums, who manipulate, who cajole, um, right? Who have, uh, who have self-regulation issues, frankly, right? And that is a challenge. And here's the thing, is someone who is really a grown-up knows how to handle children, okay? They know how to handle real children, physical children, and they know how to handle immature adults. And what I mean by that is we learn how to set limits, how to set empathic limits, how to set boundaries respectfully, right? That is crucial. And it, I can give you endless examples of situations like that that have come up inside of the coaching where someone says, you know, I told my mother this, this thing that was confidential and then she told everyone about it, right? Okay, that's a perfect example, and it's something that kids do the whole time, right? Kids, you tell, you tell them something, they're not supposed to tell everybody else, and then they announce it to the dinner table. It's classic immature behavior, right? It's boundary transgression. As an adult, uh, we might not know how to handle that, but when you grow up, then you know how to handle that. You know how to save face for yourself and how to set boundaries with that person respectfully, right? How to call them in rather than calling them out, how to phrase it in a way that's not likely to spike their defenses, but is likely to set a clear message that this is not behavior that we'll accept or stand for and how to moderate. Guys, listen, let's take responsibility. Sometimes we give those people so much power over us because we continue to say things to them that we know they're going to spread out, right? For example, right? 
When you're really a grown-up, you'll know how to handle childish behavior, whether it's coming from a two-year-old, a 10-year-old, or a 73-year-old, okay? <laughs> you'll recognize it for what it is. You'll recognize that, oh, this person is behaving like a child. Here's how we treat children, right? We set limits clearly, empathically, kindly, and we follow up with consistency and firmly right now because we're adults and because we're dealing with other adults we don't know how to do that it clashes right we get very caught up in what will they say and what will they think and how will they respond and how will other people think and we don't know how to handle it but when we grow up right which is what we're going to be doing in alchemize together then we learn how to handle it okay great uh, market Serenikova says okay i see what you mean but how to not get stuck there Okay, I see myself, I overcorrect too often, I overreact too often with my husband and my three-year-old son and then I feel guilty and yes, I feel sorry as well. Exactly. So we get stuck there because we're not in a process, in an active, participating process of growing up, right? Uh, one of the things that are hallmarks of growing up is the growth, okay? It's the um, organic um, process, that we are actually growing all the time. So one of the things, for example, is adopting a growth mindset where we realize we're not done and cooked. Look, if you ever hear someone say something like, well, that's just who I am. That's just how I am. You know that they're not uh, growing up, <laughs> right? They're stuck. They're stagnant. The process of growing up is constantly changing and evolving. It's an evolution. That's exactly what it is. And so when you feel like you overreact and when you feel guilty and you're in cycles of uh, lack of self-regulation and then guilt, that's fine. That's 100% normal. Everybody starts there. The goal is not to stay stuck there and to begin to go on a process of self-work where we actually address this. Because let me tell you something, you could spend the rest of your life enacting that same pattern unless you disrupt it. You need to interrupt the pattern. Something like alchemize or other mindset work is how you interrupt the pattern, right? So notice on yourself, what are the patterns? Are you constantly complaining? Are you whining? Are you getting triggered? Are you raging? Are you throwing things? Are you yelling things? Are you crying in your bed very often? Are you uh, gossiping, right? There are many different destructive, immature patterns that we engage in that are all legitimate and justified and make sense and very normal. The difference between an adult and a grown-up is a grown-up begins to grow past them, right? If you could just kind of put a vision in your mind of someone who is truly grown up, they are grown or they are growing up, okay? I don't know, the Dalai Lama, right? Someone who, I don't know, exemplifies maturity to you, right? They're not stuck in those patterns anymore because they used to be, right? But they actively, actively practice mental fitness, emotional fitness, spiritual fitness. They don't just stay in the default. They don't get stuck in the developmental stage of a teenager, okay? So, so, so um, it means there's work to be done. That's what it means. That's all it means. That's not a judgment. That doesn't mean you're bad or wrong. You're 100% in good company. Almost every adult you know is in the exact same boat. The difference is that you can either stay there and be a good adult or you can grow, right? And the mindset work that I'm here to do with you, that we're here to do together is to grow. So Christina says, so true, what is the best way to grow up when you feel stuck? So, you know, this question seems a little bit like, what is the best way to get fit when you're binge eating, right? There isn't one right answer to that, and there's a whole entire fitness industry dedicated to that. But if we're stuck force-feeding ourselves Hershey chocolates 24-7, right? There are certain steps that we need, to, a trajectory of steps we need to start to go along in order to move towards someone who makes some healthier choices for themselves, right? First of all, we've got to stop doing that thing, right? That might be hard. That might mean we need to stop buying them. That might mean we might need to stop making it available, right? So in our mindset work, for example, if we're constantly going on guilt trips, okay, for ourselves, we're constantly feeling guilty, etc. Maybe we need to stop consuming certain information or listening to certain advice, right? Or playing certain tapes in our head. And when that tape plays, we need to play a different tape. We need to start taking responsibility 
for the patterns that we're continuously enacting, right? And we need to interrupt them. We need to start reading a different kind of book, taking a different kind of course, getting a different kind of mentor, um, going on a different kind of information diet, right? Changing our Facebook feed, <laughs> changing what we're consuming, changing how we're reacting, setting real attentions, right? Those are things that we need to start to do. We need to start to learn these skills. They're real, they're practical, they're out there, they're, they're proven, okay? It exists. So we've got to actually, um, we've got to actually do it. Yeah. We've got to actually do the work. Many people ask me, how do you stop? How do you stop? Well, ultimately at, at some point it just becomes a decision. You decide I'm not doing this anymore. I have to change this. It becomes a priority to you, right? It becomes a priority to you where you say, this is important. This is something I'm going to make a, a change to in my life. I'm not going to carry on down this trajectory because I've seen the future. I've seen where this takes me. This takes me to being a bitter old, old lady. <laughs> I'm not going down that path. That means I need to start making a change, right? It's kind of like I'm eating my Hershey chocolates. I've seen the future. I know where that takes me. I know what that does to my body. And I'm not going to, I'm going to stop myself going down that path, right? Okay. Carla says, this is perfect timing. I'm so happy and grateful this is destiny. Oh, Carla, that's so beautiful to hear. It's so lovely to see your name pop up. And I really would love to see all of you in Alchemize. I am so excited about this course. I'm so excited. It feels very next level for me um, because this is deeper, right? This is the deeper aspect. Uh, I love talking about play and toys and decluttering and parenting and all that stuff. But this is where the deeper work comes in. This is where we really grow. And this is where we also really take and seize the opportunity as parents to grow, to become the person that we want to be, to not give up on our lives, right? To not just be in service of wiping tushies and making pasta, but also to be in uh, emotional, psychological, and spiritual service of our children and of the future generations, right? To show up in the world in a way, and I'll leave you with this, to show up in the world in a way that your grandchildren will speak about who you were, right? Will speak about the energy that you embodied. Will speak about how you handled distress and disaster and emergency and frustration and difficulty and misbehavior, right? They'll look, they'll look up to you as a pillar of of light as an example, as some, someone to lean on, someone to learn from, someone to admire, right? How are your grandchildren really going to emulate you? What are they going to say about you? What are they going to know about you, right? Not just in terms of facts, but in terms of the energy that you embodied, the you that you were, okay? The, the, the light that you shined. So... One last invitation uh, to join me in Alchemize, theparentingjunkie.com forward slash Alchemize. I would love to see you on the inside. Much love to everyone. Be well. Thanks for listening to The Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste.